Chapter 32 of Capital, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Capital, a Critical Analysis of Capitalist Production, Volume 1, by Karl Marx. Translated from the Third German Edition by Samuel Moore and Edward Aveling, and edited by Frederick Engels. Part 8. The So-Called Primitive Accumulation. Chapter 32. Historical Tendency of Capitalist Accumulation. What does the primitive accumulation of capital, i.e. its historical genesis, resolve itself into? Insofar as it is not immediate transformation of slaves and serfs into wage laborers, and therefore mere change of form, it only means the expropriation of the immediate producers, i.e. the dissolution of private property based on the labor of its owner. Private property, as the antithesis to social collective property, exists only where the means of labor and the external conditions of labor belong to private individuals. But according as these private individuals are laborers or not laborers, private property has a different character. The numberless shades that it at first sight presents correspond to the intermediate stages lying between these two extremes. The private property of the laborer in his means of production is the foundation of petty industry, whether agricultural, manufacturing, or both. Petty industry, again, is an essential condition for the development of social production and of the free individuality of the laborer himself. Of course, this petty mode of production exists also under slavery, serfdom, and other states of dependence. But it flourishes, it lets loose its whole energy, it attains its adequate classical form, only where the laborer is the private owner of his own means of labor set in action by himself, the peasant of the land which he cultivates, the artisan of the tool which he handles as a virtuoso. This mode of production presupposes parceling of the soil and scattering of the other means of production. As it excludes the concentration of these means of production, so also it excludes cooperation, division of labor within each separate process of production, the control over and the productive application of the forces of nature by society, and the free development of the social productive powers. It is compatible only with a system of production and a society moving within narrow and more or less primitive bounds. To perpetuate it would be, as Pecker rightly says, quote, to decree universal mediocrity, end of quote. At a certain stage of development it brings forth the material agencies for its own dissolution. From that moment new forces and new passions spring up in the bosom of society but the old social organization fetters them and keeps them down. It must be annihilated. It is annihilated. Its annihilation, the transformation of the individualized and scattered means of production into socially concentrated ones, of the pygmy property of the many into the huge property of the few, the expropriation of the great mass of people from the soil, from the means of subsistence, and from the means of labor, this fearful and painful expropriation of the mass of the people forms a prelude to the history of capital. It comprises a series of forcible methods, 
of which we have passed in review only those that have been epoch-making as methods of the primitive accumulation of capital. The expropriation of the immediate producers was accomplished with merciless vandalism, and under the stimulus of passions the most infamous, the most sordid, the pettiest, the most meanly odious. Self-earned private property that is based, so to say, on the fusing together of the isolated independent laboring individual with the conditions of his labor, is supplanted by capitalistic private property, which rests on exploitation of the nominally free labor of others, i.e., on wage labor. Footnote 1. Nous sommes dans une condition tout à fait nouvelle de la société. Nous tendons à séparer toute espèce de propriété d'avec toute espèce de travail. We are in a situation which is entirely new for society. We are striving to separate every kind of property from every kind of labor. Sismondi, Nouveau Principe d'économie politique, second volume, page 434. End of footnote 1. As soon as this process of transformation has sufficiently decomposed the old society from top to bottom, as soon as the laborers are turned into proletarians, their means of labor into capital, as soon as the capitalist mode of production stands on its own feet, then the further socialization of labor and further transformation of the land and other means of production into socially exploited and therefore common means of production, as well as the further expropriation of private proprietors, takes a new form. That which is now to be expropriated is no longer the laborer working for himself, but the capitalist exploiting many laborers. This expropriation is accomplished by the action of the imminent laws of capitalistic production itself, by the centralization of capital. One capitalist always kills many. Hand in hand with this centralization, or this expropriation of many capitalists by few, develop on an ever-extending scale the cooperative form of the labor process, the conscious technical application of science, the methodical cultivation of the soil, the transformation of the instruments of labor into instruments of labor only usable in common, the economizing of all means of production by their use as means of production of combined socialized labor, the entanglement of all peoples in the net of the world market, and with this, the international character of the capitalistic regime. Along with the constantly diminishing number of the magnates of capital who usurp and monopolize all advantages of this process of transformation, grows the mass of misery, oppression, slavery, degradation, exploitation. But with this too grows the revolt of the working class, a class always increasing in numbers and disciplined, united, organized by the very mechanism of the process of capitalist production itself. The monopoly of capital becomes a fetter upon the mode of production, which has sprung up and flourished along with and under it. Centralization of the means of production and socialization of labor at last reach a point where they become incompatible with their capitalist integument. Thus, integument is burst asunder. The knell of capitalist private property sounds, the expropriators are expropriated. The capitalist mode of appropriation, 
the result of the capitalist mode of production produces capitalist private property. This is the first negation of individual private property as founded on the labor of the proprietor. But capitalist production begets with the inexorability of a law of nature its own negation. It is the negation of negation. This does not re-establish private property for the producer, but gives him individual property based on the acquisition of the capitalist era, i.e. on cooperation and the possession in common of the land and of the means of production. The transformation of scattered private property arising from individual labor into capitalist private property is, naturally, a process incomparably more protracted, violent, and difficult than the transformation of capitalistic private property already practically resting on socialized production into socialized property. In the former case, we had the expropriation of the mass of the people by a few usurpers. In the latter, we have the expropriation of a few usurpers by the mass of the people. Footnote 2 the advance of industry, whose involuntary promoter is the bourgeoisie, replaces the isolation of the laborers due to competition by their revolutionary combination due to association. The development of modern industry therefore cuts from under its feet the very foundation on which the bourgeoisie produces and appropriates products. What the bourgeoisie therefore produces above all are its own grave diggers. Its fall and the victory of the proletariat are equally inevitable. Of all the classes that stand face to face with the bourgeoisie today, the proletariat alone is a really revolutionary class. The other classes perish and disappear in the face of modern industry. The proletariat is its special and essential product. The lower middle classes, the small manufacturers, the shopkeepers, the artisan, the peasant, all these fight against the bourgeoisie to save from extinction their existence as fractions of the middle class. They are reactionary, for they try to roll back the wheel of history. From Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels' Manifest der Kommunistischen Partei, London, 1848, pages 9 and 11, end of footnote 2, End of chapter 32 of Capital, Volume 1.